Hey, well, good morning. Hey, my name, my name is Robert. I'm one of the pastors here at Greenhouse, and I have the privilege to bring you the word this morning. Really excited. If you please will stand to your feet with me as we go and honor God's word and read through it. Um, if you have a Bible, you can go into Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. We're going to start reading there. We've been in the midst of a sermon series called Live Green. Anybody? Remember? Live Green, right? Does anybody remember what Live Green is? I'm not going to, I'm just, it's a hypothetical question, obviously. Um, Live Green basically is the, this is what it is, is in a nutshell. We love God, which is worship. We love people, which when we get on mission, God is the yellow, right? Sun, yellow, God. Worship is, um, sorry, mission is blue with people. And then when you combine both yellow and blue, it makes green. All right, we're tracking. All right, and that's what we call here on Greenhouse, that's what we call living in the green. <clears throat> Matthew 28, verse 16, and we'll start off there. And it says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, this is the key verse, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, then, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Jesus, we need your help this morning, and we ask that you meet us where we are. Amen. You may have a seat. Give somebody a high five or air high five and somebody will hit play on that clock. That will be awesome. Although I see another clock too running down on the other side. That's great. I could use two clocks. I can use three. I can use four. It's all good. Hey, let me start off with this one statement. We all have authority and power. We all have authority and power. The late governor from Massachusetts, um, Christian Gerber, he was running for second term, and as he's going out and about the neighborhoods, he, he was really exhausted. And it was early afternoon. He was tired of going from place to place, door to door, talking to people. And he came across this church, which they were having a barbecue. And he says, oh, what a perfect place. I can walk in, get something to eat because I'm starving, and at the same time, I can talk to people and maybe get some votes. So he walks in, and he gets in the service line as they're serving the food, and he comes up to this lady that she is serving the chicken. Comes up to the lady. The lady looks at him. She looks at the lady. They look at the tray. The tray is full of nice, crispy, golden Juicy fried chicken. I'm just preparing your appetite for lunch today. And so as the governor stood there, the lady grabbed a piece of chicken and put it on his plate. The governor looked at the lady, 
looked at the trays of chicken, looked at his plate, and said to the lady, ma'am, may I have another piece of chicken? I am really hungry. And the lady looked around, she looked at the governor, she looked at the trays of chicken and said, sir, I gave you what I'm allowed to give you. I can only give you one piece. And so the governor, trying to throw his weight around and his authority and power, says, Ma'am, you must not know who I am. I am the governor of the state of Massachusetts. And the lady, puzzled, because she didn't realize who he was, looks at the man, looks around, looks at the chicken, looks at the plate of the governor and says, Sir, I am in charge of the chicken. Move along. <laughs> and it's the reality that we all have authority and power to some degree, hopefully a lot more than being over some trays of chicken. And so I come to you this morning trying to bring a message of not just hope and not just uh, uh, freedom and excitement, but at the same time to, to get you to know that you stand today in places with Jesus, that you have what it takes with his authority and power. We all have authority and power. We have all been, been given a measure of that authority and power. We make decisions with our lives, we can go and come as we please. We can drive wherever we go. We can do many different things. We can choose a job that we will like if we get hired. We go anywhere we like because we have authority and power over our own lives. Now, the question that I have on the table for you is this. Who gives you that authority and power? How do we get this authority and power? And what is the purpose of this authority and power? Are you guys tracking? Amen. If you're taking notes, this is my first point. I got three along the way. The first one is this. To claim authority, you must be under authority. Say to your neighbor, you have authority. And you have power. We all have authority and power. Verse 18 of our text says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. Now, by the time we get to this final reading of Matthew, the resurrection, I'm sorry, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus has already taken place. And the only thing to record for Matthew is the one weighted meeting that they were supposed to have post-resurrection. And so the disciples go up on a hill to meet the resurrected Jesus. <clears throat> and the Great Commission starts with this. This is how Jesus starts. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus, and let me say this to you guys, Jesus indeed has all power. He has all power, but what he claims here is a lot more than just mere power. Jesus, he has all the power, but see, 
Power is the ability to get things done. Authority is having jurisdiction, having the freedom of action, the legal right to use the power that's been given to you. And that's what Jesus is actually claiming here. As he's saying, all authority has been given to me. Not just omnipotent power, but sovereign authority. That's why, and I want you to pay attention to this, that's why power being used or enforced without being under authority, the Bible says, is lawlessness. I want the reality to sink in as we begin saying we all have authority and power, but the reality of this is that if our authority and power is not under authority, it can very easily be seen as lawlessness. Very simple illustration here. Um, when we, most of us drove here today, um, and you have a motor vehicle, you have a car. And so when you get into your vehicle, you have the authority and power to do as you please with your vehicle, right? You can do as you please with your vehicle. Hopefully, we are responsible enough to take care of our cars. Some of us still have a hot foot, so, I mean, it is what it is, right? But the reality is that when my wife and I and the kids, we go on a trip, I am usually tasked with the driving. Uh, I, I guess I'm a good driver. Maybe. I, I don't know. I have never heard that I'm a good driver. But the reality is that I am tasked with that. <laughs> I am tasked with that. So I, we, we start driving, and next thing you know, we're on the highway. And uh, my wife, being an amazing woman, she always has the need to remind me what the needles and the speedometers are doing. I'm just driving. I'm just enjoying the ride. In other words, all I'm doing is I'm enjoying the ride, but I want to get to point B. I mean, we just left. I want to get to point B. And so she's got this need to tell me, hey, you're going 10 over the speed limit. If it's 70, I might be going 79 and a half, which is okay. If you're a state trooper in here, I'm sorry. Um, don't judge me. I know I'm a pastor, but anyway. Um, but as we are driving, she will remind me, and even now, my boy Daniel, that is eight years old, he's even coming up to me sometimes saying, hey, Dad, I think you're going a little bit faster. And I'm like, boy, keep playing your game. <laughs> but the reality is that the minute that I see a state trooper somewhere parked on the side of the road, for some odd reason, my vehicle becomes workout leg days in the car. My leg begins to pop on the brakes so hard that I begin to be like, man, I need to go to the gym and work on my legs. And why is that? Because there's something about authority that brings us to a point of reverence. It brings us to a point of respect. It brings us to a point that we realize that if the state trooper catches me, now that I'm on, like, on, the, on the run, but if he catches me or he pulls me over, I know that there will be consequences. And you might say, Robert, what a husband you are. You're not listening to your wife or to your kids. Like, what kind of dad? Well, the reality is some of us 
take that authority and power very serious. And sometimes we say, you know what? I, I got what it takes. I have this. I got this, Daniel. Don't tell me that I'm going 10 over the speed limit. I got this. Because up to this point, the reality is that Jesus, he claims that he has all authority. Now, how can he make such a claim? He makes this claim because he was under authority. John 3, 35, and I want to make the... I want to make this case for you here as we go through some of the scriptures here. John 3.35 says, The Father loves the Son and has given him all things into his hands. Matthew 11.27 says, All things have been handed over to be my, my Father. John 13.3 3 says, Jesus, knowing that the Father has given him all things into his hand. John 17.2 says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given authority over all flesh. You guys catch the point here? The reality is that Jesus, although he has all authority and power, he was up to this point under submission to the father. Jesus makes the claim, I have all authority, I have all power, it's brought to me by my father. And guess what happens? Authority under submission brings about change, brings about hope, brings about transformation. It brings something out that it is to give life, to bring freedom into our lives. And that is what Jesus is claiming here. The issue we have is, with this, that the authority in our culture is telling us something else. The authority in our culture is telling us something else. The authority in our culture has been misused, abused, and has been distorted. <clears throat> but this is why power that is not under authority is lawlessness. Power that is not under authority brings and generates fear, hopelessness. It brings destruction. It brings division. It brings dissension. It brings confusion. It brings abuse. And the Bible calls this lawlessness, which in other words is iniquity, which to put it in simple terms is basically sin. That's basically what it is. So authority, power not under authority, becomes lawless. And I just want to take a pause here for a minute. Perhaps some of us might be in here this morning, and we might be or might have experienced some abuse or some authority over our lives, whether that is from your dad, your mom, husband, wife, co-worker, boss. And I want to take a moment to be sensitive to that. Because as we know it, there's a distortion that comes with authority and power. And if not used right, it brings about destruction, hopelessness, and fear, and brokenness. 
And if that's you this morning, I, I, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, I am sorry. And even if you hear it, if you hear that sorry, that make-believe is Jesus saying to you, he hears your pain. And he sees it too. See, when this happens, when we view authority the way we view authority because we have experienced it in a negative way, <clears throat> the reality is when this happens, we experience, we put on the lenses of authority and we view, we view authority as something that is bad, something that is distorted. We don't, we don't want to deal with it. And that's a lot of times we even become rebellious to the point of like, man, I don't want to, I don't want nothing to do with nobody. Nobody tells me what to do. I'm going to do with my life whatever I feel, whatever I please. Please don't tell me. I got it. And we fall into this. And see, when we claim this, when we settle for this, it takes me into point number two. When we settle for earthly authority, we get the wrong view on authority. The first one is very simple. To claim authority we must be under authority. The second one is very simple. When we settle for earthly authority, which is what we find ourselves a lot of times in, we get the wrong view of authority. Going back to our text, verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. As I said at the beginning, we all have authority and power. Is that right? We all have authority and power, right? We are always settling for the lesser for some reason. We are all settling for the lesser. In other words, we fall into our human nature. We go into the lesser things of God. In other words, we all want authority. We want title, we want the position, we want the influence. We want to be over stuff, especially over our lives. Don't tell me what to do with my life. I got this. And why do we settle for this? Why do we struggle with this? Because we settle for earthly authority. The issue is that ever since the garden, ever since the beginning, we said to God, God, I hear what you're saying, but I got this. God, I hear what you told me, but I got this. God, I know that you said not to, but I got this. And the reality is that we find ourselves in that, and I know what's best for me. Don't tell me, God. I got this. I know how to fix this. I have a plan, God. It is a plan that I want. Don't tell me what to do. I'm going to do it my way. I have what it takes. I have the power over my life. And when we do this, we settle for earthly authority. Are you guys with me? We settle for earthly authority when the vision, as Jesus said it, heaven and earth. He's not discarding the fact of where we live. He's not saying unplug yourself and become so heavily minded and so earthly messed up. No, what he's saying is that if you're going to deal with things on earth, you're going to have to have an understanding of what authority from heaven, from heaven looks like. And we settle for earthly authority. See, we see this even through the, through the Israelites. 
as they were coming out of Egypt, um, you know, they were excited, they were happy. Once and for all, we're going to be set free. And guess what? One minute after another or one event after another event, they continue to get away from underneath the authority of God. And they spend a trip that it was 11 days. They spent 40 years because they kept on going back and forth. Oh, God, we got this. We got it. Don't worry about it. And boom, delay. Don't worry about it, God. Oh, God, you know, we all messed up now. Please help us. Okay, let me, let me, let me bring the comforting and get under my authority. In the minute that things were going well, God, we got this. Boom, another delay. And we see all this through our scripture. See, we are always settling for the lesser. It is our human nature. It is our human nature. And see, and we need to get the vision right that is heaven and earth. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. And it's interesting because in Matthew 16, we see an interesting interchange between Peter and Jesus. Jesus is already, he's already being vocal with what's going to happen. I need to go to Jerusalem because when I go to Jerusalem, what's going to happen is all the religious leaders are really, really, really mad at me because I've been challenging them. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to kill me. That's basically what, what Jesus is saying to his disciples, right? They're really mad at me. But then look what, look at Matthew 16, verse 22. Look what Peter says. And Peter took him aside, Jesus took him aside, and began to rebuke him. Now think about that for a minute. You're, <laughs> you're talking to Jesus. Jesus is saying, hey, this is going to happen. This is going to be the plan. And this is how it's going to unfold. And then Peter's like, no, 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 no. What, what, what are you talking about, Lord? That, that's not the way we're going to do it. No, 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 no. What are you talking about? He begins to rebuke him. And then verse 23 says, but he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your minds on the things of God, but on the things of man. In other words, Peter quit thinking in the way that is in the earth. I have authority in heaven and earth, not just authority down here. Because the issues that we have, the way we're going to combat against the forces of evil is going to be with the authority of heaven. <clears throat> we settle for the things of the earth. Church, let me go even a little further. The devil, Satan, the enemy, he even did this to Jesus. He tried to trap him. It says in Matthew 4, verse 8, it says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Talking about the earth. All the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, the devil said to Jesus, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And then Jesus says to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So if it happened to Jesus that he got tempted by the devil 
to get earthly view of authority and power and how to walk a life. Imagine more us. The devil promises, the enemy always promises earth. Jesus, as we see it here, he endured, and guess what he received? He received power and authority from on high. And through that, all of us, or most of us, is the reason why we're sitting here today. And we'll get to that in a minute. So how many moments in our life of faith we realize that we don't have what it takes to be able to walk this out? <clears throat> See, God in his greatness has something much more sweeter than what earth has to offer. And let me give you a little bit of story of my life in a nutshell. I, I grew up in a really hostile home, um, a lot of issues, and I ended up taking the streets um, as a young teenager, as a teenager, uh, I took the streets and, and destruction came to my life and I made a lot of bad choices. And some of you guys might say, well, wow, like this is our pastor. Well, I'm about to be very vulnerable with you guys about my past. And, and John has kind of like joked about it and all that, and that's great. And um, so you are in a church with pastors that are really messed up. Anyway, so I ended up, um, I ended up committing a lot of situations, a lot of things through life. Um, and, and I will have to say this, that I thought that I was above the law. Because of my own authority and power that I thought I had, I thought that I could run my own life. And lo and behold, obviously, as it says, you know, the law will catch up to you. Or, you know, law and order will come and bring order. And that was the case. I ended up, you know, landing in prison for three years. And some of you guys be like, what? Our pastor has been in prison? Yes, I'm sorry. So disappoint you this morning. But the reality is this, though. As I landed in prison, I continued to live a life of lawlessness, taking charge of my own life, doing what I pleased and how I wanted to, until authority from heaven, one night, I was invited to a chapel service in prison. I was invited to a church service. And as I walked in, there was worship happening and all that. Yes, in prison, there is worship, there is church. I walked in, and next thing you know, I'm like, man, this is, this is actually cool. They got music. You know, never been in church before. I'm like, wow, this is, this is awesome. Yeah, this is great. Okay, good. I like this. I like this. Next thing you know, the preacher starts preaching, and it's one of those things where the preacher is actually speaking to me or speaking to us. And in that moment, as he made an altar call, which I had no idea what it was, I, I responded, and I came forward. And that was the day that all the authority, all the earthly authority in my life began to be dismantled and torn down. Because I came to the altar and I began to meet heaven authority and power in my life. And through that, I was able to begin to walk in freedom for so many things that I'd done. And even now that I'm a perfect person, by no means, trust me, Talk to my wife and my kids. They will tell you how much I fall short of the glory of God. Trust me. Daniel reminds me every time I'm driving. <laughs> Church, the reality is that earthly authority had no hold on me no more. 
because I once again realized, man, there's so much more than this. So much more. Heaven, authority comes down. And even to go a little further with that, as we come to Jesus, what happens now is that we have what it takes, not because we got like, oh, come on, like pump it up. Come on, you got the power. You got what it takes. No, because why? Because now we're in Christ, in him, we have his authority and we have his power. And through that, now we're able to be his vessels of honor and glory to bring people to the kingdom and to speak life and to speak authority into other people's lives so they may be also be set free. Church, imagine what will happen. Imagine what will happen if we can grab a hold of this. How do we fix earthly issues with heaven authority? Proverbs 29, 2 says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the righteous are in authority, the people of God rejoice. What if you end up with a career that you really desire? If you got the school you wanted to go into, that if you got the promotion you really needed, that if you went ahead and went into the company you hired, you got hired into this company that you really want to go into. What will happen if you go into that place and you actually are empowered by the authority and power of Jesus and you go into that place? You know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? Heaven on earth. Heaven comes to earth and the transforming power of Jesus comes through you and things will begin to change in that place. Power being used without authority, power that is not under authority is lawlessness. But power used under heaven's authority brings righteousness, transformation, and change. Although we may settle for earthly authority, Jesus, third point, Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. And guess what? And he shares it with us. He shares that with us. Verse 18, for the third time. And Jesus came and said, and Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. You're probably saying right now, oh, Robert, I knew you were going to go there. It's all about making disciples. I knew. It's about living in the green. I know. I knew you were going to. I knew there was a hook in there somewhere. I don't want us, I don't want us to miss this. And, and worship team, you can start coming up. It's a really short sermon. Worship team, you can start coming up. I don't want us to miss this. There's, there's, a, there's a very profound, dynamic, interesting moment here that is happening as the disciples are up on a hill meeting Jesus, the post-resurrection, the resurrected Jesus meeting him up on a hill. And it's interesting. As I was reading this text, I got stuck on two words. Jesus came and said. Jesus came and said. 
And, and, and obviously, there was a reason why I was stuck with it. There's an interesting dynamic that is happening between these two simple words. Two very simple words. As you look at them, see, the, the reality is we look at them, we're like, oh, that's two simple. Yeah, came and, came and said. Yeah, that's very simple. But as we dig a little deeper, Jesus came and said, and without careful digging, we can miss something really profound here. There are actually two different Greek words here that translate into one English word. And so when you see came, that Jesus came and said, in the Greek, it's actually one word that is translated into the English. And that word is said, of saying or spoke. First, Jesus, by coming to them, it says Jesus came, Jesus broke silence. In other words, this speaks of that his presence, as he was approaching them, as he was coming near to them, as he was coming by them, he broke the silence. Something in his being was speaking to them. The very presence of Jesus being in front of them was actually translating something to them before he even opened his mouth. But it is a much more impactful than this. Jesus broke the silence. And this is what it says. In the use of the word, the writer contemplates the fact rather than the substance of the speech. In other words, we're quick to like, oh, yeah, the Great Commission. Yeah, let's read about it. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. That's the first thing we go into, but we totally miss the fact that Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, that is now God in the flesh, has come into the presence of the disciples and starts speaking to them. Jesus was not saying what to do. He was clarifying who he was by saying all authority. He was not just saying to them, hey, all authority has been given to me, go therefore. Yeah, he got that later. But the fact is that the fact that he came to them, that in itself, people like, let me, let me say like this, like, that is like, wow, the God of the universe will come and speak to me. That's profound. That is something to even grab a hold of, be like, God. Can you speak like that to me? Can you come to me? And so the fact that Jesus, that they were experiencing the presence of him being there, he was already speaking. Something was translating. Something was being said. As we know that body language, and you probably know someone like that, that the minute that they walk into the room, the atmosphere of the place totally shifts and changes. And this is what is happening here. God, the resurrected Jesus, God in the flesh, comes in front of the disciples, and he's already speaking. I was dead, and you doubted, but I'm alive. And here I am, and all authority and power has been given to me. God, the infinite, the all-knowing, the omniscient, the omnipotent, all-powerful, doesn't owe us anything, and yet he comes and speaks to us. 
wants to give us his authority and power. Many years ago, my wife and I were going through some marital issues. And, and I remember one night, she was re re just reckless. She was in bed, just really couldn't rest and couldn't move. And, and she's back and forth and this and that. And, and, and I'm in bed sleeping. And, and this is her story, but I'll share it as a testimony. And she said that she sat there, she said, God, I need you to speak to me. I don't know what's going on. I got married. My marriage is a mess. I don't know what's happening. I need you right now. I need you to speak. I feel very discouraged. I feel very hopeless right now. I'm talking about a moment of Jesus come and said. At that moment, it was past midnight. A lot of great things can happen after midnight. A lot of bad things, but a lot of great things can happen. She receives a text message from me past midnight. She receives a text message from me. Take note, I'm in bed next to her snoring, dead asleep. She looks at the phone. She goes downstairs. She checks my phone. She's like, there's no message sent from him right now. There's not even this message that I got from him. It's not even in his phone. What is this? And she began to read the message. And then the message said these words. Well, I will paraphrase. I am with you. You're not alone. You are my daughter. I care for you. I love you. And these words begin. And now you might say, well, Robert, how is that even possible? If you're like all logical in the brain, you're like, you, I lost you right now. You're like, hey, can we have a talk after service? Sure enough, we can have a talk after service. I still don't understand it. But all I know is this, though, that there is a God in the universe that he knows that he will come to us and he will speak whenever we need it in the moment. About four years ago, I was going through a really tough time with my job before I got this job. And I was deep in a swamp. I was a land surveyor. I was deep in a swamp, chest high in a swamp, just watching around for rattlesnakes and, and for water moccasins and gators. And I'm literally chest high in water and I'm saying, Jesus. And I, I, I get a little emotional because it was a, it was a moment. I'm like, Jesus. I need you to do something. I'm tired of this job. Thank you for providing through it. I'm glad that I have this job. But something needs to change. Something needs to change. I am tired of this. I can't take this no more. Brothers and sisters, I kid you not. In that moment, I'm chest high in the swamp, in water, somewhere in north central Florida. And I hear this still small voice in my heart say, how can I hand you something new when you're still holding to something old? Let go of the old and therefore I will open the door for the new. And in that moment I knew exactly 
what Jesus was talking about. And I began to release that which was of old. And God made a shift, an entire shift in our lives. And we ended up making a career shift and a change because of that. Because Jesus came and he spoke. He broke the silence. And I'll leave you with this last one. And there's many more. <clears throat> back, at, back at the beginning of our marriage, um, Isabella, our oldest, she must have been about two years old. And, and as any marriage, you know, we, we, were, we were going through some trouble time. And, and my wife and I have gotten into a really heated um, argument, you know, disagreement. And we had a townhouse and I, I ran up the stairs and I locked myself in the room and I'm just, I was just like, I'm done with this. I'm tired and I'm sure she was feeling the same way and she was saying the same thing. And as I sat there in the bed, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, what am, what am I going to do? What, what is this? Did I, what am I going to do? I, I feel so hopeless. And I began to say, Jesus, oh, I need you right now. I need you to speak to my life. What am I doing? Like, things are going so wrong with my wife. I want to love on her. What is going on? I need you right now. And in that moment, I heard little steps coming up the stairs. The door was open. And Isabella, being two years old, came to the bed and grabbed my hand and began to pull it. And I'm like, listen, I don't want to play right now. I don't feel well. And she kept continued. Mm, mm. And finally, I, I let go and I was, I was submitted to her pool. And as I walked with her, she began to carefully lead me down the stairs. And she took me to the couch where my, my wife was sitting down crying. And she sat me down there and she said, and my wife said, what is going on? What? And I'm like, and I began to like just in awe of what God has just done through our little girl. That here it is, everything is falling apart between you and I. And God heard our cry as I said, Jesus, I am done. I don't know what to do. I need you to speak. And friends, this is what the message that I'm trying to bring to you today, that the same God that spoke and said, he said, I come to you and I speak these things of life. It is the same God that can do the same thing today. And I tell you what, if you're here this morning, and you might say, well, Robert, th those are stories that I never heard before. I have never had an experience like that before. I want to say this. We're going to give some space right now for the Holy Spirit to speak. I have confidence and faith in the authority and power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit that he can actually speak life and speak a direction and speak things into your life unlike anything you've ever seen before. And if that's you, if you are in need of a voice and hear the God's, God's heart speak something into you, I mean, if that's you, I want to invite you to just be still for a moment. We're going to go into a time of worship right now, and I want to close this out in, in worship, but I also want us to be reminded that the same God that spoke of old is the same God that is speaking here today. Friends, don't leave this place 
without hearing from God. Will you stand with us so we can worship until last chorus? to come forth and I just want to make this appeal that if you're here this morning and you came in hopeless situation with your job is out of place you don't know what's going to happen or your marriage might be going through some turmoil you're constantly in friction or if you feel the, the urge in your heart that you want to hear the voice of God and you're trying to be like, how does God speak? It, is it going to be audibly? Is it going to be through an end? Is it going to be through, through the sky and all of the above? Who knows? All I know is this, that I do not want to put a limit to it. But, but if you're here this morning and you yet know, do not know that Jesus can actually speak or have never, never spoken to you. This message is for you. I want to say this, that he is tugging on your heart even right now. There's these moments in our life that we call defining moments. And I feel like, like some of us, this is a defining moment. And friends, if that's you, if this is the first time that you ever even stepped a foot in church, and you never seen yourself like, man, I, I need Jesus so bad. I, whatever the preacher's talking about, I, I want that. Friends, I want to I invite you into a place to meet him and to know that he will carry you through whatever it is that he's going to go, that you're going through. So friends, wherever you're at, if that's you, I just want to close out in prayer and I want to invite you forward to come to one of these and pray. Jesus, we just ask right now that you will encourage us, that you will lead us, that you will guide us. 
Lord, even right now that is some of us are feeling discouraged, despair, and hopeless. Father, I ask that you will begin to do the work that only you can do. So, Lord, we ask you that even as we give ourselves to you, and even if we go about our day, that we will be the disciple that is full of power and authority because we're under your authority. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.